0: Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Excited for what God's doing, uh, both here and around the world. Got, Bernie was sharing some of that. We had like 1,100 people here this weekend. Uh, the, the youth for their One Heart Conference. God is moving. There was a ton of lives that were impacted. Thank you guys for being a part of it. All right, so I'm excited. Today, uh, I get to share about escaping your past and freeing your future. Um, no matter what topic I bring up, we could argue. I think I could find someone who would disagree with me on just about anything but I think I found one thing that we could all agree on. Uh, I think we could all agree that sometimes life doesn't go the way that we want it to. I think um, we, we could agree that sometimes it doesn't go the way that it should. And and I look and I'm like, okay, so this, this is a thing, this happens, but there's a problem that so many of us go through things that should never have been, and we end up... Uh, Carrying them around. Actually, gotta grab the handle or something here. Um, but you get this and we go through something and we go, oh, okay. That was bad. And just make sure it doesn't hit the mic. There we go. Okay. So you strap up, you're all right. Let's let's do this thing. We we've got back in our backpack the different hurts, pain, abuse, offense, mistake, loss. Some of us over the things in our bag are in counseling. Some of us need to go to counseling. Um, But there's these different things that have occurred and we tend, there's this tendency to strap up and to drag our past into our future. And a lot of times we wish we could be free. We wish we could continue to go on into what God has for us there. But we're going, is that possible? Because see what's back here? Like, could I, can I really move on if behind me in this bag is abuse? Can I really move forward if there's a loss of a loved one in the bag? Can I really move forward if someone lied, cheated, betrayed, stole? And, and, and this list goes on and on, and we've got these things, and we're carrying them. I go, well, how do we, how do we move forward? How do we escape the past? How do we move forward? And, and Pastor Dwayne started this, this series that he's doing on, on the deserts the trials. And I was thinking, I'm going, sometimes things keep us stuck in a desert, but sometimes we just pack up the desert and bring it with us everywhere that we go. And how do we escape the past? How do we walk forward free? And I wanted to look because it's possible, but I wanted to take a second before I told you the key word, because as soon as I tell you the key word, some of you guys are gonna be excited and some of you are gonna bristle. Forgiveness is the key to escaping your past and freeing your future. And as soon as I say that, there are some people who are like, I've nah, heard that before. You don't know what I've been through. Hold with me. I, I wanna take a minute. I wanna look at this because I believe that this difficulty is because there's some things about forgiveness we don't understand. See, the Bible teaches that forgiveness is at the center of our faith, yet our culture doesn't understand it. In fact, our culture loudly proclaims a different message. Our culture says this, it says, or our culture is a self-centered work-based society that believes that forgiveness is an insult to the injured. And they put this forward and, they, and they'll sit there and they're like, you don't need to forgive them. They did you wrong. And, and they're gonna just pitch this. And they're like, this is yours to carry. You earned it. You went through the lies, the cheating, the abuse, the blah, 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 And the list goes on. And they go through this and they'll tell you that you've, you've earned the right to carry this. But the Bible says that we're redeemed through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And in Luke, Jesus tells us um, that the repentance and the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And I could go on verse after verse and we could just go through verses about how centered to our faith forgiveness is. But I think that most people struggle not because they don't think that forgiveness is part of Christianity, but because there's some misunderstandings about forgiveness. There's some lies that the devil tells that we've believed. And so I want to expose some of those lies this morning. I want to look at how to be free. The first lie that I think we've all heard is time heals all wounds. Anyone heard that? Okay, the rest of you should listen to people. Um No, but but this is this is this is a lie. You didn't miss much because it's a lie spiritually, it's a lie emotionally, and it's a lie physically. Time does not heal all wounds. How I many of you know, some of them get infected. Like this is, this is a thing. And it's, it's not just a thing physically, it's a thing emotionally. But a wound getting infected really is not determined by how big is the wound. We, we took a trip to Montana For years, we took a bunch of students and it was an amazing, amazing trip. And we did some possibly a little bit dangerous things. Uh, But let's be real. If you have a whole bunch of high schoolers, everything is dangerous. And so we're like, we're hiking mountains and you hike mountains with high schoolers and that can be slightly dangerous and you have to go over safety things. Like don't just push every rock down the hill. There could be other people behind you you have to check or you sit here and you're like, no, don't do that. Or, hey, yes, no, don't tip over trees on people because they found dead trees and they could knock them over. And then they felt really strong. So then the guy's are like, who can knock over the biggest dead tree? And they're like, I see it first. I'm going to, and you've got to wait, make sure there's not someone on the other side. And anyways, so we, we, we did some adventurous things. We played some giant games. We played soccer with a ball that was like this big and it was intense. But you know what our most life-threatening injury was? A blister. A blister on a girl's pinky toe. Like, we go through all of this different stuff where you're hiking and you're climbing and you're trying to keep high schoolers from pushing rocks down towards the people and like all this cool stuff. And a girl gets a blister. And she ends up in the hospital for a week because her blister got infected with a staph infection and, and she, she came out of it, but it was just shocking because you're like, there's all this like opportunity for massive things and a blister? For real? But here, here's the thing. When, so, when it gets infected, the infection can become more life-threatening than the trauma that got infected. This is true physically spiritually unforgiveness is an infection that can become more serious than the trauma that let it in see in unforgiveness is an infection that comes in the spot where there has been an opening, where there's been a trauma, where there's been a hurt, where there's been abuse, any of these different things, they can open you up emotionally. But if we let it stay open, if we let infection, if we let anger and unforgiveness in, it begins to infect and it begins to rot at us from the inside. And it becomes devastating. See, Hebrews twelve fifteen says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up, And causes trouble and by it, many are defiled. He goes through and says, if we're not careful, bitterness will plant a root and will grow. It will get in just like you can have a little abrasion. You can have a little cut and there's all sorts of bacteria and germs in our world. But if they get on the inside, it can create an infection that becomes a serious issue. But unforgiveness, it can be something massive or it can be something minor. But when we hold on to the unforgiveness, it opens up the door. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26 says, in your anger, do not sin, nor give place to, or give no opportunity to the devil. Like it opens this up and gives him a hold. It gives him an opportunity into our life. But it's so easy to look and go, well, I don't see anything wrong. I don't see anything that happened and and they really did me wrong. And so we can think that it must not be a big deal because I look okay. Because no one seems to know the anger and the resentment and the hurt that I'm holding on to inside. But did you know that infection can brew and can grow when nobody can see it? Five years ago, or I guess just under five years ago, my daughter's about to turn five. So it was at, just after my, my daughter was born and we were so excited and things went really well and my wife was healing really fast and we're like, this is awesome. And then about three weeks go by and she's doing really well. And all of a sudden she was in pain. We're like, oh, that, I think she was in pain at night. And so we're like, "All right, go, go to sleep. But hopefully you'll feel better in the morning. Morning comes, she didn't feel better. So I got called the doctor schedule a, the first available appointment. And so she called it in the morning and I think like three o'clock or something was our, the first available appointment. Before noon, she passed out three times. And we're like, all right, forget the appointment. We're headed to the ER. And we get there and they're running all these tests and they're freaking out, but they're not communicating on what's going on. Because on the outside, she looks fine, but passing out is a sign that there is seriously something wrong. And, and so we're going like, well, what, what's happening? And she's trying to sleep. And in the middle of the night, they're coming in like messing with her. And we're like, how is someone supposed to get better if all night you're poking them? And, uh, and we didn't realize the seriousness until actually afterwards, we met with our primary care physician. And he goes over what they gave him. And we're like, they didn't tell us. They woke her up because they thought she was dying. They're like, it like, turns out she had sepsis. There had been an, an infection that had grown inside of her in an abscess that had exploded and spread infection throughout her body and her organs were beginning to shut down. And her heart rate had dropped so low that they thought she was dying. So they came to check on her and to awake her. But there was something that was hidden underneath that was life-threatening. She's doing awesome. She's right there. Okay. um, For those that are concerned, my amazing wife is still with us, but... The, the thing is that we can have an infection. We can have a hurt. We can have a, a, an unforgiveness that sits inside of us and begins to, to spread. It says that the, that root grows and will defile many. And it springs up in our life and destroys. And so it's so easy to, to put this off. See, in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 25 says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So whenever you have anything against anyone, those are three all-inclusive statements. But so easy to say, but you don't understand. And I know as soon as I said the word forgiveness, there were people in here and people online who were like, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't know the hurt, the abuse, the lies, the betrayal. You don't know what they took from me. I can never get them back. There are people in here who've, who've had like minor things that have just wrecked them. There are people in here who've lost family members, who've lost children to people. They've been through all sorts of hurt and abuse. And it's so easy to look and go, well, you just don't understand. But but if we don't understand that this is an infection, if we don't understand, see, here's a lie. People think that forgiveness means that what they did was okay. And that's a lie. You wouldn't have to forgive them if they hadn't done something that was wrong. So by the very nature that they need to be forgiven, we've already established that we agree that it's wrong. See, so here, here, here's this, forgiveness doesn't make it okay. Forgiveness doesn't make it go away. Forgiveness stops it from being your defining moment. Because for so many people, it happened. They didn't smash the mic, they strap up and they go, all right. Here's my, my trauma. Here's my hurt. Here's where I was lied to, cheated about, abused. This is where I was abandoned. This is who, who, who did me wrong. This is where they took my business. This is where they lied and cheated me out of. This is where they, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And they carry this. In fact, some of them, you will meet them. And like, this is one of the first things they need to tell you. You're like, hi, I'm Daniel. They're like, hi, I'm Sue. And I was, boom, here's my trauma. Here's where I was abused. Here's where I was abandoned. Here's where I was. People don't. And you're like, nice to meet you. And you go, why is it? But they've embraced this and then they've drug it with them everywhere. And so it hasn't stopped hurting them. Not only has it, def- it has, not only have they drug it, it's now defined them. And when it becomes your identity, then it's very hard to let go. And now the thing that happened affects every single day. Because now this isn't just what happened once upon a time. This is now who I am. I am a victim of blah, 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 blah. I'm a victim of abuse. I'm a victim of cheating. I'm a victim of betrayal. I'm a victim of this relationship. I'm a victim of these. And I'm carrying it everywhere that I go, wondering why I can't be free but this is such a common position to find ourselves in. And we go, yeah, but, but you don't understand they were wrong. But forgiveness doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't erase it. It's not like I have a giant eraser and you're going to go, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to wipe your head with it. And you're going to forget that the event ever occurred. That'd be cool. Doesn't exist. But, This doesn't need to be who I am. I can find freedom and this can get left in the past. And we can walk forward in freedom because when I hold on to unforgiveness, it's very, there is this lie that says, I can hold unforgiveness in a box. I can hold unforgiveness in this little compartment and I'm gonna keep it in this little compartment. And I I love the way that my mom says this. She says that unforgiveness is like dog poop. And people try to stick it in their pocket and think that they can stay clean. But if you stick dog poop in your pocket, it defiles all and you smell everywhere. Like this is just, this is the thing, but this is what people do. They sit here and they put it in and they're like, well, I'm gonna put unforgiveness against my boss. I'm gonna put unforgiveness against my dad. I'm gonna put unforgiveness against my aunt, cousin, brother, neighbor, whoever. And it's gonna stay in that spot. And I'm going to walk forward. But if I walk forward dragging this, it doesn't matter what pocket I thought I put it in. Here it is with me. It doesn't matter where I go. And people all the time try to run away from the event while dragging it with them. And they're like, maybe if I move further away, maybe if I make new friends while I hold on to this. But if I go to a new group of friends carrying my offense, my problems are still with me. I went to college in Australia and the number of people who thought that they could escape their problems by moving to a different continent was enormous. But wherever they went, there they were. And so were their problems that they were carrying with them because you can't outrun what you're carrying. But when, but this is so real. So I am really excited. Tonight we're we're doing a question and answer uh, panel after, and to close out our Relationships Done Right series. And someone submitted a question this week, which really I had three sermons I was writing, trying to figure out where I was going to go. And I saw this question and my heart just kind of melted and, and I started writing. But someone sit here and they, they said, hey, my spouse has been through this trauma. This is how it's affecting our marriage. And this, and he, they quoted a line. And they're like, in this, my spouse looks at me and says, you're just like my abuser. And I read this line and my heart broke because with every couple that I marry, before I do the wedding, one of the sessions that I'll do with them, I'm gonna talk about forgiveness because you can't escape your problems by getting married. And I can't tell you how many people are like, yeah, I got a messed up family. So I'm going to go get married and think that that means that they're going to leave all of this behind. But if they're holding on to unforgiveness, this is what happens. Let's just say it's the lady. And let's just say that her abuse, that her unforgiveness lies with her dad. And we're going to say he was a crummy fellow. He was a crummy dad. He was a horrible husband and just a vile person. And we're going to say that he has a hundred offenses that he kept making. So he's got this mass list of, of lying, cheating, abusing, and so on. And she holds holding on to unforgiveness because he earned it. So she's got her, her straps on, and she gets married to Prince Charming. And, and things are great for a little while. But let's just say in this bag of, of many different offenses— one of the offenses is that dad refused, in, in, in his, in his uh, lack of valuing her mom, he would refuse to tell her when he was gonna work late. And if he did work late, they weren't sure if he actually worked late or if there was other things going on because faithfulness wasn't his uh, greatest strength either. And, and those are one of the things in the bag of a hundred. She gets married. Prince Charming's taking good care of her. Prince Charming has a meeting at work that goes a bit late and he comes home late and he didn't call. And all of a sudden she goes, I recognize that. He comes in and she's like, that's it. Catch this. And she's like, and he's like, what is going on? I had a meeting. Sure, you're just like my dad, and he just committed one offense and became guilty of 25 years of offense in an instant, because she was carrying it. It was defining her, and it became her filter. And when she was holding on to it, as soon as he did one thing that overlapped, whoo boom, boom, the whole thing gets landed on him. This happens all the time. Because they thought, well, my unforgiveness is against that person. But that's not the way it works. See, unforgiveness, bitterness, works like filling a bucket with poison. Sticking something in the bottom where the poison is going to continue to grow and to multiply. And hoping that while you're carrying this bucket, the bitter poison that you're carrying will overflow onto the person that offended you. But here's the problem. Who do you avoid? The person who offended you. Who's carrying the bucket? You. So the most toxin gets all over you. Who next do you keep close to you? The people that you love. So who next is affected by this bitter toxin? Those that you love. Who do you keep the furthest away? The person who offended you. Who is least affected by your bitterness? the person who offended you. And we carry this and and it it explodes all around us. I remember, this is quite a few years ago, I went mountain biking with my brother. We were up uh, on the north end of town and we were, I think think it's Egypt Valley and we we did some biking and we get down and we're packing up and this lady shows up and she's excited to bike and she goes and she takes her bike off the, the roof rack on the top of her car, opens the back to get to the back, the front tire to put on the bike and realizes she drove out to the biking uh, spot trail and forgot her front tire. So she, you know, looks and she's not going to do a catwalk through the whole trail system. So back on the car, the, ty- the, the bike goes and she's throwing it in and shuts the, the tailgate. And she's all upset that um, she's not going to get to bike. And I don't know how far she drove. And, and you see her just kind of mad and kind of taken off right about the time that we're leaving. And she was driving slow. So we caught her on the road. And she was like going like 45 and a 55, so we passed her. When we go to pass her, she flicks us off. And, and there's this thing of like, did we do something to hurt, harm, or offend her? No. She was mad at her, and we were there. Because when you're holding on to anger, it doesn't just come out towards your intended victim, it comes out towards everyone. And the closer they get to you, the more likely it is to get on them. This is why people have a problem at work and go home and yell at people at home. And people will sit here and they have a problem with this person and it comes out everywhere that they go. You've been to the checkout. I've been to the check? I don't know if you've been to a checkout where someone like snips at you. You're like, hey, how you doing? They're like, fine. You're like, what did I do wrong? Absolutely nothing. But the Bible warns in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine, It says, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the laps of fools. That they're holding on to and carrying this offense. They're carrying this anger. And when you get near them, it splashes over. But if we let that be us, then when someone gets near us, the toxin that we're carrying splashes over and it's our own relationships that are destroyed. Not the one we wanted to target, but the ones we wanted to keep. Because this this toxin spreads, this toxin destroys us. It's, It's trying to put a jail cell around your offender, seeing the bars go up between you and them, only to realize you built a prison around yourself. And when we're holding on to unforgiveness, we're like, yeah, well, they don't deserve it you don't understand what they did they're walking free while you're walking carrying the weight and the issues of what have been and there's so much brokenness that's being carried and and part of it is there's this myth of I'll forgive them when they earn it but do you realize you don't earn forgiveness like you didn't earn forgiveness when Jesus forgave you but not only that we can't i can't earn and undo i can't undrunk drive i can't unsay something i can't unhit i can't un fill in the blank with whatever it was that occurred them being good now will never undo what's already been But so often that's what we're waiting for. We're going, well, I'll forgive you when it doesn't hurt anymore. I'll forgive you when they can't bring them back. But we're sitting here wanting to wait, but it doesn't work. There are no scales. And and sometimes they go, well, I can't forgive them because I can't. Trust them. Okay, there is a difference between forgiveness and trust. And if you're ra- waiting to trust somebody, you're basically waiting them for them to earn the forgiveness and it's not gonna happen. And you're gonna go around in bondage while they walk free. Because, okay, let me, let me paint it this way. If I was to go to a, if we had a banker and we have Bob, the person who took a loan, who did not do well with their loan. And the bank finally realized that there is no way on God's green earth that Bob is ever going to pay back the loan. So he forgives the debt. What does that mean? It means it's wiped clean and Bob doesn't have to pay it back. Does it mean they'll loan to Bob again? No, no, not at all. It means they're going to look at him and go, no, we learned our lesson. And there's a level of that, that in forgiveness, you forgive, you stop demanding payment and you give them to God. But that doesn't mean you're going to put yourself in harm's way again. It doesn't mean I instantly trust you, but it means I'm giving it to God and I am no longer demanding the payment. And some, I've heard people are like, yeah, but I, but I forgave them before. And, And then you hear them spewing the bitterness. They're like, yeah, I forgave them, but my life would be all right. If it wasn't for them, can't believe what they did. They robbed me, they destroyed it. They misled my child. They they hurt me, they abused me. Then they, list goes on. And I, I loved. okay, so in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is talking with Peter and Peter says, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus says, I do not say to you, up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And Ted, sitting over here, he's shared this a while back. He said, uh, forgiving 70 times seven can mean forgiving that many offenses, but it can also mean forgiving 70 times seven times the same offense that keeps coming back into your memory. And realizing that sometimes forgiveness, it is a decision, but it can also be a journey. And as I was preparing these notes, and kind of looking at this, I sat down with my wife and said, tell me how you did it. Because my wife is amazing. And if you met her, I mean, people have told her, they're like, you wouldn't understand. Your life has always been great. And I'm like, you don't have a clue. But she's been through a lot. And there was a bit of uh, abuse and things that shouldn't have happened. I said, how did you, how did you forgive those who abused you. And she looked and she said, well, first, they took that. They took that moment. They took that, but they can't have the rest of my life. I'm not gonna drag that and let that rob forever. Because there's not a number of years where things just go away. I've talked to people who will come up and they're like, well, you don't understand what happened when I was in school. You get a senior discount everywhere that you go. Like, there's a large gap here, but there's not a number of years that dissolve this. If we'll keep carrying it 60 years later, you can still be complaining about the bully. And it happens. So I asked her, and she's telling me, she's like, I refuse to drag that with me. She says, I, I shifted something. I recognized something. See, the Bible tells us that the enemy, that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And she recognized if this person, if she curses this person, she wishes the worst on this person, and this person lives in this, this curse. Do you know who wins? The devil. She sits here and goes, and and he goes on in this curse. He carries on in this life. Then this, then the devil wins. But the Bible tells us that that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. First John chapter three, verse eight. And he goes through and, and and he gives us this. And she goes, if I can pray for them, not I mean, there's a country song. It's like, I'll pray for you that a flower pot falls on your head and your brakes go out going down a hill. It's like, not that kind of prayer. She's like, I'm gonna pray that you get saved. I'm gonna pray that your life radically turns around and that you recognize the destruction that you're causing. I'm gonna pray that you find Jesus, that you find forgiveness, that you're made new, that you're transformed and that God turns around what the devil's been doing in your life and uses you to bring healing instead of destruction. And she began to pray. And it began to set her free. And she, she bumped, didn't bump into, she saw him in a mall a few years later and did a quick heart, quick heart check going, what's going to happen inside? I'm okay. Doesn't mean she's got to go try to be friends. But she was free. There were things that had happened but those things are now past tense. That's not who she is. That's not what she is. And it doesn't have to affect every day going forward. There is there is freedom. And as I as I look at this, I recognize that there is that there is we need freedom from these hurts and these this abuse and these offenses that have happened to us. But sometimes the very the hardest person to forgive is the person that stares at you in the mirror. Sometimes we can go on and, and we might be able to forgive the people who, who did something to us, but we're like, but you don't understand what I did. Satan will try to use your past to rob your future. He'll try to fill you with so much shame that you'll freeze and that you'll never let God do what God wants to do in your life. He'll say, God could never use you because you lied, cheat, stole, blah, 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 blah. And he'll list these different things on. He'll list your offense and go, well, that's all that you are. That's all that you'll ever be. So you'll never have a good family and you'll never be a good father and you'll never, never, never. never. And try to cripple you and rob you of your future. But the Bible says that God wants to make you a new creation. He wants to set you free from the past. and He makes all things new. What was doesn't have to be what is or what will be. There is freedom. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul's in verse 9 to 11. Paul goes through and he goes, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. That's past tense. He goes, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the spirit of our God, he goes, what you were isn't who you are anymore. There is freedom and there is forgiveness. As I was writing, I felt like the Lord said that there are people that are here and that are watching that lied, cheated, aborted, abused, killed, murdered, stole, every form of sexual sin, every form of selfishness. The number of people that they've hurt can hardly be counted. And Satan has tried to destroy so many lives through them and their life, but God wants our lives back. What was doesn't need to be what is or what will be. Now, I don't know your story, but I know that God longs for you to be free. I know that forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision that you make by face. I know it's a decision that many of us have to make over and over to let go and to give it to God, to put the bag down to put our right to be defined by what's happened down and to go, that may be my past, but it won't be my future. It's a powerful thing. I've got a list of confessions. I do do these on a daily basis. And so I get used to doing these and I want to invite you to confess these with me. So go ahead and repeat after me. Say, when I confess my sins, God is faithful to forgive me. He removes my sins as far as the east is from the west. He wants to forgive all my sins. I am called to forgive others as Christ forgave me. I leave no foothold for the devil. I am quick to forgive. Whenever I pray, I forgive anyone who has done anything against me. I'm an ambassador for Christ. He's making his appeal through me. God's power is at work in me. God's grace empowers me to do what I could not do on my own. I'm commissioned with the power of God to show his love to the world around me. I will bring the kingdom of God and the gates of hell cannot stop me. Such a powerful thing. as we talk about this forgiveness, I pray that you are set free. That nothing that was done to you carries into your future. That nothing that you did continues to shape and rob you. But as we talk about this forgiveness, there is such an important element of receiving forgiveness. And Jesus paid the highest price to forgive us. And if you've not received that forgiveness, if you don't know that you're right with God and on your way to heaven, I wanna give you an opportunity to declare him to be your Lord and to receive his forgiveness. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? You say, today, I wanna receive that forgiveness. I wanna be washed clean of my sins, of my past. I want to be right with God and on my way to heaven. When I say three, this is your opportunity. One, get ready. Two, three. So that's me. I'm raising up my hand. I want His forgiveness. I want to be right with God. I want to know that I'm on my way to heaven. Awesome. Over here. Who else says that's me? If you're online, you can just type in the chat. Say that's me. Such an important decision. Awesome. All right. We're we're gonna say a simple prayer. The Bible says that whoever calls on his name will be saved. So we're gonna do just that. You can go ahead and repeat after me if you've done this before or if you're doing this today and making Jesus the Lord of your life. Say, God, thank you for loving me, for forgiving me. Sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that your blood washes away my sins. I believe that you died and rose again. I choose to live for you from this day forward. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.